have your Bibles. We always say that if you have your Bibles, and we're going there whether you have it or not. But uh, you can turn there if you would like. Um, Mark, we're going to be in three places. Mark 1, 16 to 18. So Mark 1, 16 to 18. Matthew 4, 19. And in a few minutes, we'll be on Luke 5 for the rest of the time. So Mark 1, 16 to 18, Matthew 4, 19, and Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Um, we're going to read Matthew, we're marking Matthew first, before we go any further. So Mark 1, 16 to 18, it says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew's brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. In Matthew 4, 19, it's a little shorter. It says, And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You'll never guess what I'm talking about. Let's pray before we go any further. Jesus, hallelujah, we thank you, God, for these lessons that you gave your disciples. Jesus, I pray that you'd help them to get into our hearts. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, help us to apply these to our lives. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would speak to us through your spirit and your word. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat if you so desire. Um, so when we, so if you, if you're Luke five will be there. So if you can get that, I'm just stuttering words here. So um, we started uh, a little series a few weeks ago on the lessons that Jesus taught. Uh, there's 120 some lessons or so, and if you condense them uh, for the repeats um, or a similar subject matter, like tonight, it's in three different gospels. Um, you know, if you, if you do that, there's around 50 lessons or so um, that Jesus left his disciples or things he taught his disciples that have been recorded in the gospel. So we're trying to kind of work through these. Um, there, there may be more if you can find them, but we're going to focus on 50. I think that's uh, enough for a series. Um, so Jesus had three and a half years or so with his disciples physically. We know he sent his spirit back. We're going to argue with that. And, you know, it was with them after that. But for three and a half years physically with his disciples. And these were the things that he wanted to make sure that they understood. And so it stands the reason that if we want to be his disciples as well, like we say we do, then these are lessons that we need to learn as well. So the first lesson we studied and the first lesson that Jesus taught before he even called his disciples the lesson or sermon, if you will, message that he preached and taught after and the disciples taught that was repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? And then the second one that we talked about last week was don't worry or don't let your heart be troubled. And so this is another one of these early lessons, if you will, that Jesus taught his disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Or follow me and I will help you impact your world. I'll help you change your world. Because this is what he's showing them what to, how to do. And however, this, this wasn't a lesson that was learned overnight. Jesus didn't just say this to his disciples and then 
the next day there were fishes and men. This was a, a process. This is what Jesus taught his disciples through everything that he did. The three and a half years he spent with them, this is what he was teaching them. How to become fishers of men. How to impact their world. This wasn't like a listen to these words and tuck them away and then later remember them kind of lesson. This was a hands-on lesson. This was a three and a half year in the making lesson. So the fishers of men story or phrase, bit, whatever. It's in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the most detailed account of the story is in Luke, so that's where we're going to spend most of our um, night tonight. So we're going to go through this story, and then we'll see how this lesson was applied. So Luke 5 and 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. So this part... And this is before he's called any of the disciples. Jesus is preaching and teaching and everyone's gathering around. And this is before he calls the disciples to follow him. So later on in the story will be the first disciples he calls. And he's um, the fisherman guys. And so before he does, he's, he's teaching and he's preaching. And we said a few seconds ago, what was the message that he taught and he preached before anything happened? Was repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So... Uh, there's no doubt that he's preaching and teaching on this subject, or he started on this subject, at least he's mentioned it. So this is probably what he's talking about. And so he's, he's near the water, and Luke calls it the Lake of Gennesaret, if you notice that, and the other two call it the Sea of Galilee. Um, maybe it's just a different way to say it, but either way, Jesus is preaching and he's sharing the word of God. And what are the people doing? It says they, the people pressed upon him. They're pressing in on him. They're getting as close as they can to hear what it is that he is saying. They're all crammed in there, tight, pre-COVID. Do you remember what that was like? When you get like brushed shoulders with people and you weren't paranoid that they were gonna contaminate you? Yep, no, it's a long time ago. Well, this is how they're just crammed in there. And they're just, you know, pressing as tight as they can, almost like, if you will, fish in a net. Right? Jesus is preaching and teaching the word, and the crowd comes. They come to hear what Jesus has to say. Whatever it is that he's preaching, whatever it is that he's teaching, the Bible doesn't really say what it is at this moment. However, he is presenting this as making such an impact that people are gathering around him to listen. And not only gathering, you know, they're pressing in close. They're not just kind of hanging off, doing their thing, and just kind of eavesdropping, you know. When you do that sort of thing. Um, and we've had um, Annapolis, they would do like concerts, and some people just kind of hang back. You know, when they go to those things uh, down the waterfront, they just kind of hang back, like, I'm just going to kind of listen, but I don't want to be involved. Just gonna... There's none of that. They're all just cramming in and getting as close to Jesus as they can. They're pressing in as close as they can get to hear what it is that he's preaching. And this is pretty powerful. Because a lot of a lot of preachers have a hard time getting anyone to come to hear them. <laughs> I'm not excluding myself. Or when we are here, we kind of tune out. Maybe. We might look at our phones, we might daydream a bit, we might catch a nap. These things happen. Our attention isn't always where it should be. 
But in this case, these people are so like latched on to what he's saying. They're just trying to get closer and closer and closer just to hear what it is. They don't want to miss a word. Whatever Jesus was doing, remember, they don't know who he is yet. John 1 tells us that they didn't know who he was. And so they were so enthralled with what he was teaching and how he was presenting it. So captured by what he was saying that they wanted more. So they stopped whatever it was they were doing and they came and they pressed in as close as they can get. And I've seen this uh, happen in other places and countries. I've heard stories from friends who, you know, just from the Philippines that just started preaching and people would just show up and listen and uh, missionaries in Mexico that just started having a service under a tree and people came because something was happening. And, you know, as we saw it in Ghana, we had a crusade. We just set up these speakers and people just came. Um, and Benin one night on the beach, we were driving by, going back home, and someone was having some sort of service of some sort on the beach and people were just kind of flocking and gathering. I don't know who it was or what they were preaching, but they were doing something. And in France, we... We sang some songs on the street, and well, I didn't sing. The other people sang. I just kind of walked around and greeted people in my awkward way. Um, but people gathered and listened and, and stopped, and, and this is kind of what's happening in this story. Jesus is teaching, and a crowd just kind of gathers, and they want to hear what he's saying, and they press in as close as they can. And it's a bit of foreshadowing to what he's going to tell these fishermen that he will meet. Jesus literally has just gathered this crowd. He's fished for men, if you will. And he's going to show these disciples how to do it later as he leads them and as they follow him. Verse 2, it says, and, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. So Jesus, he's taken a, a break a bit from teaching, and he sees two ships by the lake. It says, and the fishermen are out of them. And they're washing the nets, and I'll go back to Africa again, because we don't fish like that so much here anymore. Um, but in Benin, where we were, they, they fished the same kind of way, with the nets. Uh, they used nets, and they would cast them out. There were two different ways that I saw them do it. On the lake, uh, we went to a place called Gonvier, which was a, a little city or town built entirely on stilts in the water in a lake, so people can't attack them. Everyone has a boat. That's how they get around. It's pretty unique. Like nobody, there's no sidewalks or anything. You just, there's restaurants and hotels and everything. You just kind of go on your boat. And, and there they, they fished, you know, they had a little canoe type size. I don't know what they were called, but, and they just fished from that little nets, pulled it in and that's how they fished. And then there were the guys that, um, they fished out in the ocean. They would take the boat out of the way and they would have a bigger net. And they would cast it way out there, and then gradually they would bring it in and pull it in, and everyone would work together, and they'd pull. And I think I've told you the story about waking up one morning, and there were guys outside our house, on the outside of the wall. We had a wall dividing us, but they were on the outside of the street, and they were singing, and there was a guy, ting, 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 keeping a beat on a little metal instrument, and they're all pulling the net in together, and they're all singing and having a good time. And that's how they brought the fish in, that way, with the net. And so... Um, when they weren't, when the nets weren't in the water, they'd be on the shore, and um, they would they would be cleaning their nets on the beach. They would make sure that you know there wasn't any weeds or anything in it, or any little fish stuck in it, or whatever things that were going to break the net. And uh, they would mend the nets, make sure there wasn't any holes, because I don't know if you're 
ready for this revelation, but there's a hole in your net. You're not going to catch a lot. So that's what they would do. They would fix the net and then they'd cast it out. So this is what's happening here, which you already know. I just want to tell stories. So Jesus sees two boats. The fishermen are on the boats. The nets are out on the ground and they're cleaning their nets, repairing their nets, making sure they're ready for the next time. And we'll find out these guys have been out all night trying to fish. And so this is what's happening. Jesus kind of takes a break from teaching and these fishermen happen to be done their catch for the day or whatever and they're, they're cleaning their nets, they're getting everything all out of it and making sure there's no holes and all this. And so they're working and it's interesting how Jesus seems to call people who are working. He said before, uh, he doesn't, yes, so work if you want to be called and he'll show up. Verse 3 says, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's or Peter's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So one of these two ships belongs to Simon, or Peter, as we know him most of the time. And, and Jesus climbs into his ship and asks Peter to go a little bit out from the land. And then Jesus sits down in Peter's ship and teaches the crowd from the ship. This is kind of neat. Like, Jesus has this crowd around them, and it's probably a bit hard for them to hear. Um, you know, they're jostling for position. It's probably a bit of a madhouse, um, like those Black Friday sales in the States or whatever. And crowds are just pushing, and there's a loud noise and whatever. So Jesus kind of goes away from it a bit. Instead of leaving them, he goes out on a boat and teaches from there. And, you know, history says that this most likely was a little cove type of an area. And by teaching from the ship, it created sort of an amphitheater so that people could hear better. And um, so there's no point preaching to people if they can't hear it. It's also probable that the water was still in calm or they wouldn't be able to hear him as well. So Jesus goes out a bit from the sea and he sits down um, and starts teaching them. And we have this beautiful picture of Jesus on a boat with Peter right beside him. Peter's not a disciple yet. He's just a, a fisherman. But Jesus takes him and his boat, and he shows him how this is done. Peter's getting a first-hand look at what is happening, because up to this point, Peter most likely hadn't been paying that much attention. He's working on cleaning his nets and stuff. He's been out all night. He's tired. He's had a rough go. Right? So he's probably not paying the most attention, but now Jesus has his full attention. I don't know if you've ever been working on something um, and, and just have God show up. Like, maybe, you know, I don't know, it used to happen to me when I, I'd be at work. I mean, it happens now at work, obviously, but sometimes I'd be, like, just doing some prep all by myself and just, I don't know, I'd just start praying or something. It was just God's presence just come randomly. It just happens sometimes. And it's pretty incredible, and just, he just shows up and gets our attention, and this is kind of what happens to Peter. He's just working, and Jesus shows up, and then this incredible story starts happening. Jesus basically captures his attention and has him focused on what's happening. So we got this beautiful picture, Jesus sitting in the boat. Jewish teachers generally always sat when they taught, which maybe we should adopt, I don't know. And the crowd, uh, the crowd sitting on the shore probably, and listening to every word that Jesus said. And Jesus is in the fishing boat, and the people gather to hear him. And verse 4 says, And 
When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught or a catch. So when Jesus is done teaching, he's done, he tells Peter, now I want you to go out into the deep and let down your nets to catch something. And there are times, I'm going to spend a lot of time here, but there are times when we just need to go a little bit deeper, like we said on Sunday. And there are moments where we just need to push a little bit further and go a little bit deeper before we're going to get something from God. So Jesus says, Peter, I want you to go into the deep. Verse 5 says, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Peter says, we've done this all night long. And we've got nothing. And he calls him master, because this, this isn't the first time that Peter has met Jesus. He's met him before. His brother Andrew was following John the Baptist and had been there when John baptized Jesus. And brought Peter to meet him. If you're in John chapter 1 or 2, you can read that. So Peter's already met Jesus. He has some sort of idea of who he is. He knows something about him. Maybe that's why Jesus singled him out and said, Hey, I've seen you before. Let's go out on your boat. We don't know. But Jesus and Peter have met before. So he's got a bit of idea. He's got a bit of an idea that Jesus isn't your average rabbi. He's heard some things. And so he says, And we've done this all night. But because you said so, I'll let down my net. And there's something to be said about obeying Jesus even when we don't want to. There's something about doing it even though you feel like you've already tried and you've already failed. It takes some sort of faith to try again. Maybe the most faith. Sometimes we get all pumped up. I'm going to do something. I got so much faith. And then we fall on our face. And then trying that again seems to take more faith. So this is a step of faith for Peter to put these nets down. He's a fisherman. He knows that there's no fish there. He's done this all night. It doesn't make any sense for there to be fish there now. Right? So verse 6 says, When they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net breaks. So Peter obeys Jesus. And when he does this, there's so many fish that his net breaks. This is incredible. He's just fixed his nets. Jesus made sure there was no holes in it. He made sure they were sturdy. And his net starts to break. They just fished all night and caught nothing. Nothing. Not even one fish. And now their nets cannot contain it. Now, I'm not a fisherman. But I think that this itself is a miracle. Because generally, as far as I know, you don't fish all night and catch nothing. And then with one cast, have more than you can ever contain. I don't think that's normally how it happens. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Raymond knows a little more. Not normally. <laughs> so generally you fish, and if the fish are biting today, you get a lot, and if they're not, you don't. I think. Either the fish are there, or they're not. And with nets, you know, they're not coming for the bait. They're either there or they're not. <laughs> now Jesus is teaching Peter something here. He's teaching Peter to obey. When I say to do something, do it. Whether you've done it before or not, just do it. Whether you failed before or not, just do it. And this is a little side lesson we could tag in here. Just do it. Just do it what Jesus 
says even if you think it's not going to work, just pray the prayer. Just reach out to the person, even if you've done it countless times before and nothing's happened. Just witness one more time. Just obey. Just do what Jesus says. Verse 7 says, and they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ship. So there was two ships, remember? That they, could, that they should come and help him. And they came and filled both of the ships so that they began to sink. This is wild. They have so many fish that they call to the other ship. And they're like, hey, come help us. We got so many fish. And they hustle on over, rowing like mad or whatever. And here's the catch of a lifetime. And then with the help of the other ship, they fill both ship, ships. And there are so many fish that they began to sink. How many fish would that be? These boats were meant and built to carry fish. These aren't like your little canoe. Oh, I got too many. We're going down. These were fishing boats. They were meant to carry fish. So for there to be enough to begin sinking two ships, that's a whole lot of fish. There's another lesson. There's so many lessons in this story. Peter and his ship didn't try to keep all the fish for themselves. They asked the other ship to come help. They asked the other ship to come lend a hand. And when the other ship did, they split the catch and there was more than enough for both. Because with these guys, before they even became disciples of Jesus, they had this sense that this isn't just about me. I'm going to share this catch with my brothers over there because we work together and we're a team. And I would think that this sort of attitude is part of the reason why Jesus chose these guys. Because as Christians, we're not supposed to be competing with each other. And as churches, we're not supposed to be competing with each other. The harvest, the catch, whoever you want to say it is big enough for all of us to share. And the only way we're going to be able to bring it all in is if we work together. So Peter and his fishing buddies, they already seem to have this lesson down. They weren't competing, they were working together. And because they did and because they listened to Jesus, they pulled in a catch of a lifetime. And you know this was something extraordinary because of how Peter reacted. Verse 8 and 9, it says, When Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He repented. That's what happens when God starts working. Or what so should be our reaction. Well, that was the first lesson. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. So his reaction to Jesus working this incredible miracle was repentance. He was astonished at the catch. So he repented. That's incredible. I mean, the whole point of this, the whole point of miracles is to point someone to Jesus, to the power of God, to have people turn to him. He doesn't just do miracles for the sake of miracles. All through the New Testament, he would perform a miracle and he would use that as a, as a starting point to teach about his kingdom or to forgive sins. You know, go and sin no more. He said countless times the people that he healed. It was more than just doing something for a trick or to get attention. It was, more, it was more to it than that. And Simon's reaction is what Jesus is going for. He's showing Peter who he is. He's giving him a glimpse of what is to come and he uses fish because that's what's going to speak to Peter the most. This guy was a fisherman. He knew the lake or the sea, whatever it was. He knew how to fish. As if not, he'd be pretty hungry and broke. 
He knew the ins and outs of the industry. He knew how this worked. He knew you don't toil all night and catch nothing and then go out and throw your net and have so much fish that two boats are sinking. He knew how this worked. You know, go out and try again tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow the weather will be better. Maybe tomorrow the fish will be biting. Maybe tomorrow. Like he knew, he knew how this happened. But Jesus came along and shook all that up and totally changed it. And he'd never seen anything like this before. One of the neat things about this story is it parallels what happens later with Peter. And this relationship that Jesus is starting with Peter this begins here and we see it happen again after the, the resurrection. The first miracle that Jesus shows Peter is this fishing thing, right? And as we know, Peter follows him and all these incredible things happen. Peter denies Jesus, the rooster crows, and Jesus is crucified, he rises from the dead. And then he comes and he finds Peter doing this again. He finds Peter fishing again. Only this time, he's on the shore and Peter is out on the boat. In John 21, verse 4 to 6, it says, And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, No. Verse 6, And he said unto them, Cast the net to the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in from the multitude of fishes. It's the same thing. They fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus is like, hey, try it again. And they're like, okay. They didn't even know who he was. They're like, I guess we'll try it again. And there's so many fish they can't pull them all in. And verse 7, now, therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he girded his fish's coat about him, or unto him, for he was naked and then cast himself into the sea. When Jesus does this the second time, it does something to Peter. He grabs his coat and he jumps overboard and he swims all the way to shore like a crazy person. And it's just, it's like Jesus was confirming to Peter, it's okay, Peter, you can still follow me. And I think that's amazing. Jesus repeats this miracle just for the benefit of Peter, just to confirm to him that it's okay. Peter thought he failed. Peter thought it was over. And Jesus comes back and calls him again the same way. But when we fail and fall, Jesus will meet us again just like he did the first time. And call us again just like he did the first time and give us a new chance. And I think that's amazing. That's not the point of this. We're going to move on. Verse 10. Luke chapter 5. And so it was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So James and John were there too. They worked with Peter, and Jesus says, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men instead of fish. When the other two versions, fishers of men. There's much that has been made of the fishing of men part, the fishing part. But Jesus, like he does with all of us, is using something that these men were familiar with to call them and to teach them. Jesus doesn't often speak to me about fishing because I don't know a lot about it or carpentry or things like that. He speaks to me usually about something I know and I understand and that's how it makes sense. So he uses fishing to these guys because that's what they do. And it makes sense to them. He just showed them. It's an amazing miracle. 
He's offering them a chance to do something bigger than what they are doing at this moment. A chance to impact more than just the fish. A chance to impact their world. And this is the lesson. That if we follow him, he will help us impact the world for him. Jesus had just showed these guys how to attract people. How to... Um, how to preach, how to do these things. He had so many people following, he had to go on a boat to teach. He showed them, and he showed them that he could catch fish just as well, if he wanted to. And there was something stirring in these guys. There was some yearning or longing to have more of an impact than just what they were doing. And I think that's something we all feel from time to time. We all want to leave the world a better place than we found it. We all want to impact someone. We all want to be remembered. We all want to affect someone's life in some way. And Jesus said, if you follow me, I will show you how to do this. I will show you how to impact your world. I will show you how to reach people. I will show you how to attract people to share the message, to preach the gospel. That's what he's going to show them how to do. And that's what he did. For the next three and a half years, everywhere he went, he preached and he taught and people came. Thousands of people came to hear Jesus. He fed over 5,000 at one time. Multitudes crowded him, so much so that the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment and was healed. He said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, you, you're crazy. Everyone's touching you. There's so many people. People like Jairus would come and they would meet him and ask them to come or ask him to come to their house to heal people. And people would tear roofs off just to get to him. If anyone knew how to fish for men, it was Jesus. All he had to do was show up and people would just gather. And that's fishing for men. That's effectiveness. Imagine if you went fishing out on the lake or the river or the ocean or wherever and the fish just came to you. That would be awesome. They just started jumping into your net. Just put your net out. Come on, guys. And they start jumping in, jumping in your boat. You know, you're trying to bait your line. You don't even bait your hook. You don't even get it cast, and they're jumping on already. That'd be awesome. You'd be the greatest fisher, man, woman of all time. <laughs> That's effective. That's how Jesus fished. He just preached, and people showed up. Miracles happened. People just came, and he, he showed his disciples how to do this. For three and a half years. And how do we know that they learned this lesson? Because when he left and sent his spirit back to them, they did the same thing. Peter preached the day of Pentecost and 3,000 were added to the church. You don't have 3,000 added to the church if 3,000 aren't there to be added to the church. Right? Simple, mind-blowing math. Everywhere the disciples went, people gathered to hear Whatever it was that Jesus was trying to teach them, they got. Everywhere they went, people gathered. Paul and Peter, and they would preach. They'd be arrested and stand on trial, and they'd preach. And everyone had to listen. Well, history, tradition says that like Paul, they had to change his guards so often because he was converting them too fast. They had to keep rotating them out or they'd get saved. Sometimes Jesus reached for one, too. Like the woman at the well. And sometimes the disciples reached for one. Like Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch. Or Peter with Cornelius. But Jesus showed them how. He taught them how to be fishers of men. It wasn't like just, I'm going to make you 
fisher man just follow me and that's all you gotta do he he showed them how to do it and from acts 2 onward they did it and that's how the church grew and so his lesson was follow me and i will show you follow me and i will make you this if we're going to get this lesson down if we're going to impact the world it's going to start with us following him what was the early disciples' response to Jesus in this invitation. He said, I'm going to make you fishermen follow me. Verse 11, Luke chapter 5, it says, And when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all. Their boats were so full of fish that they were sinking. They had so much. They had more fish potential money than they've ever had in their entire life. They left the catch of a lifetime. Can you imagine the reputation they'd have in town if they hauled that in to the market? <laughs> Man, they caught so many fish one day, their ships started to sink. People would talk, well, we're still talking about them, but people would have talked about them forever and ever and ever. The greatest fisherman of all time. Someone would come in the big hall. Yeah, well, it's nothing like Peter's. I remember the time James and John came in. We thought they were going to drown. The fish was, the boat was so full. But they left it all. They left it on the shore. They brought it in and left it. They just left it all. The boats, the fish, the net. They forsook it all. They left it all. They left their reputation that would have Taking a big boost. They left the prestige. They left the catch. They left their professions. They left the thing that they trained for. They left stability. And they followed him. And if we want to be a people who impact our world, it's going to start with us leaving some things behind and following him. And this is a lesson that can only be learned by following him. People that are effective and soul winning are people that just love Jesus and they follow him and they listen to his voice and they do whatever it is that he says they don't care about their own reputation they don't care about what people think or say or do. This isn't something we can just pick up and put down whenever we feel like it. They followed him for three and a half years before they got it. It takes a while. But if we want to impact a world like the Apostles said it's going to take us following Jesus daily and it's going to take some sacrifice. We need to be willing to lay down the chance of a lifetime if it comes to that and to follow him. Peter and the boys <laughs> didn't just follow Jesus because they were frustrated after fishing all night and not catching anything. I'm sure if Jesus would have just showed up before doing that and said, hey, follow me, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. Right? Because there are times we're frustrated and God says go somewhere and we'll be like, yeah, I'm out of here because I hate it. Right? No one? No? Yeah? Never me. But he doesn't do that. He blesses them above all that they've ever seen before. And then he says, I want you to leave this and follow me. It was a decision. They didn't make it out of frustration. They knew what they were leaving behind. They weren't leaving because they were mad and angry about not catching anything. Because then later, they'll be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done this. 
he presented them with this great catch of a lifetime, and that's what they had to leave behind. If we're going to follow him, there's going to be some things that we have to leave behind, some sort of sacrifice. There are a lot of people that come to God when they're upset. Life's not going the way they think it should. God, I'm going to follow you. Then everything starts going good. And then forget it then. Right? We've got to make that decision to follow him. We may have to leave some great things behind. But there are greater things ahead. Does that make sense? What is that? <laughs> I thought it was my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm done anyway. That's okay. Follow me. It's the first step to impacting our world. And Jesus is still asking us to follow him. Let's stand. I hope this, I don't know, maybe you got something out of this that you haven't heard before. Let's stand. We're going to, Jesus is, this call to follow him is still, still out there. I wonder if we could just take a couple minutes and pray and commit to him that we're going to do that because we want to be fishers of men. We want to impact the world. And he's going to show us how to do that. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he showed them, but maybe by studying these lessons, maybe we'll get some of it. Because I'm not good at attracting people. I drive them away most of the time with my wonderful personality. So I need his help. I'm going to be a fisherman. So it starts with us following him daily and going after him, and he's going to teach us. Let's just pray together. Jesus, hallelujah. God, we thank you for this story. God, we thank you for the examples you've given your disciples and God, the call to follow you. I pray in the name of Jesus you would help us, God, as a church and as people, as families, to follow you. In Jesus' name, God, we want to be fishers of men. God, we want to impact our world. I pray that you would help us and show us how to do that by daily following after you. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray we would leave behind the things that we need to. In Jesus' name, if there's anything holding us back, anything hindering us from walking after you and going where you would have us to go, I pray in the name of Jesus, we would just leave that. In the name of Jesus, God, guide us and lead us, I pray, and help us to follow after you and be your disciples. In Jesus' name, let your will be done, I pray. In Jesus' name.